We've been in a series since we started back here uh, three weeks ago. Uh, the series is called The, the Power-Filled Life. And the big idea around that title is that, I guess it's this thought that God who is powerful wants to fill us with his power. That's kind of it. That's the series in a nutshell. You could probably just go home now, but, but <laughs> it's actually more than just the thought. It's actually a promise um, from, from God uh, in, an, in Isaiah chapter 40, which again is this passage which we've been sort of launching from. It talks about how God who never grows tired or weary. And isn't that good that we serve a God who doesn't get tired? And, and that it says that uh, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And then it goes on, verse 31, it promises us that if we trust in him, we're going to find new strength. And uh, we're going to soar like eagles, we'll run and not grow weary, we'll walk and not grow faint. I tried running on Wednesday and twisted my knee, so that didn't really work, but... Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so the, the, the promise is there for us to live a power-filled life. And, and it's, it's, it's there because in your own strength or with your own willpower or your own charisma or even the fact that you are all incredibly good looking is, is not going to cut it when it comes to God's purposes and plans this year for, for your life. You, you are going to need His empowerment. You're going to need His strength this, this year. And so I just really felt and sensed to begin the year with this kind of this thought. And, and the good news is that God is more than willing to dish out His strength to those who are hungry for it. And so uh, that's been part of our prayer week, which we finished today. This is day seven, just to help position us this year to receive all that he has uh, for us. So if you're taking notes this morning, uh, I want to talk uh, a, a message that I've entitled, Remain on Me. Remain on Me. And I want to talk about the importance of stewarding a power-filled life. Let's just pray. God, we thank you for your presence right here, right now. We, we thank you that you're with us and uh, your promise is not just to be with us when we're together like this, but at all times. Uh, and we thank you for your presence. Thank you for the moments that we have today. And, and God, as we speak and talk about you, encourage others about what you're doing and how you move, uh, I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to speak to us where we need to really hear today and come and challenge us where we need to be challenged and change us where we need to be changed. I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Well, uh, we are living for a period of time out in the country and in, uh, in Brightwater. Uh, we're out, out there in Brightwater. And, and so we've been there for about two or three weeks, probably going to be there for about a month, right? It's just feels like yesterday. And uh, we're going to be there for a number of uh, months just while we're building a house at the moment, which has been a little bit delayed. But over the past week, actually, fun funnily enough, during this time of prayer and fasting, uh, we've been visited by a dove, uh, which is kind of cool because, you know, the dove's sort of a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And and I first spotted this dove sitting, and I've got photos to prove it, uh, I first spotted this dove sitting on the power lines just outside uh, of our house, which is like, whoa, that's amazing. It's like, I'm thinking like Nikki Anderson would think. She's like, oh, it's the, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's a power line. It's like, whoa, it's, 
Shazam, you know, right? <laughs> I knew you'd have something to say about that. And, and so that was kind of cool, this dove, and it came, kept, kept coming back to this power line. I think, man, I would love the dove to kind of come closer to, to our house. And then, and then on Friday, it flew right over the house. Ooh. And, so, and then it landed, it, landed on, uh, it landed on the fence near our house. Like, oh, here we go. Like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on, dovey. Trying to get the thing to come uh, a little bit closer. And, and then it was weird. It landed on the roof of my car. Like, I knew that car was anointed. It's, uh, my car is actually called Reverend Green. And so it's no surprise that I'm just looking out the window. I can see my car now. No, there's no dove. Maybe a seagull. But, but, uh, and, and then after that, it started to fly a little closer right to, to where we were sitting. And I was like, oh, come on. I started praying in tongues. And, and um and then it landed on a box right next, next to, to me. And I'm thinking, man, if I could just put my, my hand out, the dove, the dove of the Holy Spirit will just come and fly on my head. And just when I thought that was about to happen, the dog tried to eat it. And it was gone. And I've never seen it again since. Just that. Yeah. Stupid dog. <laughs> the, uh, the Bible in, in uh, Matthew chapter 3, around the time of the baptism of Jesus, it records its own account of, of a dove, which doesn't involve a labradoodle. But, and uh, I was kind of hoping that this would be replicated. But it says this, listen to this, I think it's on the screen as well. It, it is. It says, when Jesus was baptized... Immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Uh, uh, back in uh, John chapter 1, it was said of Jesus by John the Baptist who was preparing the way for, for Jesus to, to come. He said, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I looked up that word remain in my, uh, in my Bible dictionary thing, and it's this word meno, and it means to abide, dwell, stay, and endure. When something remains on you, it, it abides there. It's, it dwells, it stays, and endures. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when we think about Jesus and his life, the Holy Spirit found a, a home to rest upon, upon him. John said, it, it's, it's when you see the dove resting and remaining on him, it, it, it's, it's, you'll know who it is. And, and Jesus, if you think about it, gave no reason for the dove to ever leave. The Holy Spirit, it never left his shoulders. The, the, he managed with incredible success, if you will, to carry the Holy Spirit in him, but to ensure that the Spirit of God always stayed upon his life. And in that kind of one observation, that the dove remained, that passage in John 1, is a truth worth reflecting on. And I want it just to be the thrust of this short message this morning. Because how many know that, or are at least aware that, the Holy Spirit is wanting to rest on us. Yeah? A few nods. 
yeah, come on, he wants to, he wants to rest upon us. And when he does that, he brings his power, this power-filled life and his presence and his, and his peace. He wants to do that for us this year. He wants to rest upon us with his spirit. But you know what? For that to happen, we're going to have to deal with the, with the dog that's tied to the deck that wants to chase the dove away. Right? All of the distractions and the things about our lives which kind of scare the dove away, if you, if you will. And so in order for the dove to remain we, where he can abide and dwell and endure over our lives, there are probably going to be some beliefs and some attitudes, some thoughts, maybe some behaviors and actions that need bringing into the light of his presence so that he can nestle in upon us. And I know for myself, there are, there are times when it's not a, a dove on my head, right? It's, it's some other bird doing stuff. And so I realize, man, I, I have to do a better job of stewarding the Holy Spirit, stewarding this Him this year in, in my life. And uh, you see, it's true, and I've, I've shared of this before, that the Holy Spirit resides in every believer, right? You know that when we are born again, we receive His Spirit. Uh, that's how the whole thing happens, you know. His perfect record, he takes your sinful record, he gives you his perfect one. That's the work of the Spirit in us. And so, but I just want to suggest, and I'm not sure where this sits theologically, so I'm just looking for someone to blame, but it's probably just going to be me. But, but, but while the Holy Spirit resides in us, he doesn't always reside upon us. And there, there is, I think, a, different, a difference. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit in me is signed, sealed, and delivered. It's done. And, and uh, I received him by faith, not of my own works that, that I would be able to boast, but it is a gift of God. It's the grace of God. Uh, he's in me. I'm in him. I have received the Holy Spirit. And, and that's the good news of the gospel. Amen. That's, that is the good news. But to have him upon me, I think I've got to steward that. I've got to create a room, a place for for the dove to, to remain. I need to create a, a place for him to come. He needs to be welcomed and wooed over my life. I, I need to create a nest for him to, to land. Uh, one of uh, American pastor Bill Johnson's one-liners, which I really love, he, he says this about the position of the Holy Spirit. He's in me for my sake, but he's upon me for yours. In other words, God is in me for me, but he's upon me for others. He's in you for you, but he's upon you for, for other people. You'll have heard me talk about this before. In other words, the Holy Spirit, he comes and he dwells in us and he, we are reconciled to God. And, and it's for my sake, right? My salvation, my freedom, my, my forgiveness, my deliverance. That's, that's his work inside me. He's, he's in me for me. And, and, but his spirit is upon me that I might minister to others. That's why he comes upon us. I, Isaiah said, uh, went on to say in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, not in me, but upon me. Why? To preach the good news for others, to bind up the brokenhearted for others, to proclaim freedom for the captives, others to release from darkness prisoners, others. He is upon us for the work of others. 
He's in us for ourselves. He's upon us for others. And so, you know, Jesus told his disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Why? So that they would become, we would become his witnesses. And so it's in, God is in me for me and he's upon me for others. And I just believe that God wants to be, uh, uh, God wants us to be a people whom the spirit of God rests on continually so that we can impact the world around us. That's how this deal kind of works. And uh, it's his presence on us. It speaks of his empowerment and his, and his enablement. I was reading about Peter. The disciple where the, the day of or the, the day before, uh, before the day of Pentecost, when the spirit fell upon them in the upper room, Peter was best known for his wavering faith. Right, Haniana, you studied him during your, your school last year. Peter was the, the guy always putting his foot in his mouth and getting rebuked by Jesus and denying Christ before men. But Peter after Pentecost is a totally different person. And he's best known actually for his bold faith. And, and the Bible describes further in the book of Acts, even a shadow healing the sick. Incredible. Such was the Spirit of God upon his life. It's even interesting if you look at the ministry or the life of Jesus, who we know had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So Christ was born of the Spirit, if you will. But before that dove that we read about in Matthew 3, before the Holy Spirit descended upon him, he performed no miracle. He never attempted to heal anyone. No, no sick people healed until after the baptism of the Spirit of God came upon his life. And then it was, it, it was Jesus Christ, the, the, anointed, the anointed one. It was only then that he was enabled and empowered to transform lives. And, and it's, it's, this, it's the same for us, for sure. I, I love some of the stories and I've been encouraging myself this week through our prayer time of reading about the great men and women of faith who received power, the power of the Holy Spirit, and lived a power-filled life. Here's a couple of them. D.L. Moody, the 19th century evangelist, he said of his own experience with the presence of God coming upon him, quote, I had such an experience of God. The dry days were gone. I had been all the time tugging and carrying water, and now I had a river that carried me. I went back to preaching. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds and hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed back where I was before that blessed experience if you should give me the whole world. Charles Finney, the, the minister linked to some of the greatest revivals in American history. He says of his own experience, again, of, of having God rest upon him, having the dove remain on him. He said, quote, I immediately found myself endured with such power from on high that a few words dropped here and there to individuals were the means of their immediate conversion. My words seemed to fasten like barbed arrows in the souls of men. And so many different accounts of the difference that a power-filled life makes for us or makes to us as, as believers when we're out into the world. So, so important that we get this, that we steward this, that we welcome and invite him into our lives in, in this way. It, it kind of, it's interesting or enjoyable reading these accounts, but, but you know what? The truth is he wants to do that for us as well. He wants to rest upon us. And so I just want to give you three quick points this morning. Are you okay? I feel like John Steele. You all breathing out there? All right. 
Three points around stewarding his, his presence. Number one, you've got to make sure that he's welcome. These aren't, these aren't kind of clever, <laughs> but you've got to make sure he, he's welcome. Welcome in your life. Wel- welcome the dove to land. You know, Im- imagine what it's like to, to walk with a bird on your shoulder. Or having, you know, you've got to welcome him there. Uh, the Bible suggests, Ephesians 4.30, that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some mystical force or entity. He is God, right? The third person of the Trinity. And, and so we've got to be careful we do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, that, that word grieve means to cause sorrow or distress. Are there things about us and our thoughts and our beliefs that are, that are causing God distress or sorrow? We can grieve Him. He has emotions. It, it also says First Thessalonians 5.19, we can quench the Spirit. Uh, to quench means to stop the flow or extinguish his work in our lives. It, it describes, I guess, a, a decline of passion on our part, that we would quench the work of the Spirit upon us. Be careful we don't grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. And, and these things, I believe, uh, have, have a, uh, an effect on the ability for God to remain upon us. He's in you. Don't worry about that. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm not talking about the fact that you've forgiven people. I'm talking about the ability of God to use you to bless others and minister to others and work in others in this, in this community. Make sure that he's welcome. Think about some of the things that might actually be unwelcoming, right? And, uh, uh, and make some changes. Number two. Number two is acknowledge his presence. Acknowledge the presence of God. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And I've found one of the best ways for me personally in, I guess, stewarding his activity in my life. And I know Alistair, who's who's camping at the moment, does some great messages and teachings on a spirit-led life. But one of the things I've found is, is simply this, just regularly check in with God. Regularly check in with, with, uh, with the Holy Spirit. How you doing? <laughs> what are you up to right now? Do you know when you go on a plane, a long flight, they, they recommend, I don't know how often, but you should take little mini breaks during the flight and do some stretches you know, to, to, to ward off DVT or whatever that thing's called. But, you know, we should take regular moments in our working day and just check in with the Holy Spirit. Just acknowledge that He's here. Take a few seconds, a few moments in the day just to pause and stop and just go, Oh, God, I, I thank you for your presence right now. I thank you for your proximity to me. Just draw close to Him and just acknowledge His presence over your life. And keep him, keep him there, keep him there. Number three, you guys are so quiet. Is this the holiday crowd? I'm not sure. Is it? All right. Number three, number three is is uh, is minister to others. You want the spirit to remain upon you. You gotta, you gotta let him work through you. Uh, he, I think Alistair said this. I don't think it's his word. He says the the. Holy Spirit, in you is, it's not a lake, it's a river, right? And so we, we, let's not be greedy Christians, just wanting, 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 wanting. No, He's in us. He's upon us so that we can give out 
And so if you want the dove to remain, minister to other people, encourage other people. The, the one thing the Holy Spirit loves to do is to use you to bless others and use you to bless others in powerful ways. It's interesting, um, I think all, but I just want to put a disclaimer in there, maybe most of the spiritual gifts, if, if not all, that, that the Holy Spirit gives us are for the sake of others, not ourselves. They're not for us to look good or be able to do you know, this or that thing. It's to be able to release other people. First uh, Peter 4 verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've got to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace or God's empowerment in its various forms. Just remember, he's upon you for the sake of others. You want to see him remain and abide? Minister to other people. Bless other people. Encourage other people. It's, it's good. It's good. Awesome. I'm almost done. <laughs> Got it. Why don't, why don't, uh, can we get someone on, maybe Mark, could you come and play? Maybe the band could come, that'd be, that'd be great. Huh? Just a couple of things, but it's summer holes, you know, we've got a long weekend, I need to release you to eat your lunch and enjoy the weather. In, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 8, and I'm not gonna, this isn't going to come up on the screens, but you can look there if, if you want to, the, the Bible records this account of the flood, which many of us will, will know that story in the in the first few chapters of the Bible with Noah and his family and several thousand animals uh, aboard a boat. Yeah, with me right now, guys. And it's floating in the sea and it says, after 40 days of floating around the ark, Noah opens the window of the ark and he releases a dove. And it's another account in the Bible of this dove. And he releases the dove to see if the waters had receded, right? to see if, if, if the boat's going to land. And, and it says that the dove found no resting place for the soles of its feet. So it returned to the ark where Noah takes the dove back to himself again. And, and then it goes on and says another seven days. And then Noah opens again the window of the ark and releases the dove to see if it would find a resting place. But the Bible says that the dove returned that evening and behold, in its beak was freshly picked a freshly picked olive leaf which is where we get that symbolism from and so Noah then knew that the waters were receding there was there was vegetation being exposed and and then it says he waits another seven days and then for the third time he releases the dove Genesis 8 verse 12 says that the dove never returned and the inference I guess is being that the dove must have found a place to rest to not come back and I believe that today, right now, literally, right now, the Holy Spirit is looking for those He can rest upon. God is wanting to rest upon us with His Holy Spirit. And as He hovers above, as He, to use the analogy that I began with, as He starts to come close, as he gets on the fence next door or on the car or as He flutters flood is past, determining if on us is a safe place, looking, watching, brooding and hovering. Can I land there? Can I make a home upon that person? Can I, can I find a home there? Listen, let's not send him back to the boat. 
Let's not negate the power of the Holy Spirit to work through us to influence others. He just needs a place to land and a place where he can stay. We've got to cultivate that place with your life. Learn to live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit. God, we are aware that we cannot do this thing called faith, this journey, without you. And we need your empowerment to do the things that you want us to do, people that you want us to be, to shine the kind of light that you want us to shine. And it's not because we haven't got what it takes in the sense that we're not good enough. It's just that you never designed your will and purposes to be carried out without you. And so I speak on behalf of this church, Fano, that we need you. We need your empowerment and your presence. We need all the things that you bring for us, your peace, your strength, empowerment, your gracing, your assuredness, God. We thank you for your ministry today. And I pray, even right now, that you would come and you would rest upon us and you'd have your way. That we would, out of this week of sitting aside and reprioritizing and putting things out of the way to seek you and put you first. That God, we would be providing a home, a nest, a place for you to land and abide and stay and remain. I pray for each person here this morning, every life. I thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you're upon us for what happens outside of this time. You're upon us for what goes on tomorrow and the next day. I pray for a spirit of boldness to come upon us. I pray for your words to be deposited in our heart and on our lips, God. I pray, Lord, wherever there is timidity and fear, that Holy Spirit, you would fill us with your strength in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just sing that chorus again, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just stand for the, this last bit?